got to go to Michael Swain from Iowa State, 247 Sports. Michael, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Really exciting time having the Big 12 title game, basketball, and signing day all in one week. Really can't complain. Got a lot going on in Ames, Iowa, it sounds like. Happening spot. Let me ask you, uh, Coach Campbell kind of, you know, he has been a hot commodity knowing what he's done at Iowa State, knowing how he's really put that program, I think, on his shoulders. And when they beat the University of Texas, obviously there was some talk that their five-star culture at in Ames, Iowa, beat up on the University of Texas and their five-star players. How has how has he handled uh, all of the kind of the hype and the things coming around, the fact that he may be considered for some of these, you know, higher-profile jobs? Uh, you can't even tell, honestly. Um, throughout this entire season, I think it's been really telling that Matt Campbell's been very consistent in terms of maybe his messaging overall. Um, I think maybe one of the things that stands out most to me is maybe the moment post game after that Texas game where he's asked about what this senior class means to him. And he kind of chokes up a little bit, says it's hard and gets through a little bit of an answer. And I think that was maybe the first bit of emotion that we've really seen from Matt Campbell this year in terms of maybe just read, you know, reflection because his big thing has always been, we're going to focus week to week, day to day and kind of get in the grind of things. And at the end of the season, we'll take a step back and look and see what we accomplished. Um, and in terms of this season for Iowa State, you know, uh, they have been led by Matt Campbell. And I think this team has really maybe taken on the demeanor of their coach, where you look at how, you know, process-driven Matt Campbell is as a head coach, um, as someone that develops talent. I think this team has really maybe taken on that mindset, especially when you consider maybe what happened in the season opener against Louisiana. I think there are plenty of teams that maybe would have not necessarily quit, but let that hinder them. And I think maybe what happened with Iowa State is that kind of not necessarily woke them up, but I think it allowed them maybe to evaluate themselves as a team in the direction that they were headed. Now, Matt Campbell's talked about it in retrospect, saying that there were, you know, maybe some other issues that guys weren't practicing and that they were really early on, you know, in their preparation for the season when that game happened, which is maybe why they looked so bad. But I think just in terms of this season, you've seen a team really – embrace the day-to-day grind of it and really embrace their head coach and, you know, really staying in the bubble. I think you've seen with some of these teams, um, whether it be across the Big 12, across the country, that maybe when things aren't going their way, that you kind of see things slip in terms of the COVID-19 and you see some uh, teams have to shut down their facility and things like that. And that hasn't been the case with Iowa State. Matt Campbell has said that Iowa State has had positive tests, but you know, more often than not, they've had guys available. And I can't remember any starter missing a game uh, because of a COVID test or contact tracing. So I think just in general, you've seen a team really just embrace what has been an unprecedented season. Sure. And let me, let me ask you this. I mean, he hasn't, uh, you know, with this early signing period, hasn't, hasn't gotten the sexiest of recruiting classes. But is that part of kind of his makeup and what he wants? He wants a certain kind of player that understands that they are going to have to come in there and go through that grind? 100%. That is the biggest thing that I think stands out about this recruiting class. This is not as highly ranked as last year's class, not as highly ranked as the year before. You know, those were two classes that really set you know precedent for Iowa State football recruiting. And I think it was interesting, and, and Matt Campbell didn't do a signing day press conference yesterday, um, but he did release a statement that said, you know, that this new signing class has a lot on their shoulders because they're going to replace 
the winningest senior class in Iowa State history and one that has been so impactful in terms of establishing the culture at Iowa State and getting to talk to a lot of these recruits, I'm just so blown away by how mature all of them are, and all of them, and I mean it. Um, Getting to talk to them about just their own recruitments, what values they have. These are guys that really care about the culture and really care about, you know, just being good people and more than football. And it's about getting an education. It's about kind of growing as a young man. And I think that's something that's really stood out to me about this recruiting class is that, yeah, it's not flashy, you know, no four stars. I mean, well, I guess in terms of composite, Tyler Moore is a four star according to 24 seven sports, but um, this is very much a, let's continue this culture build here to where we're going to get guys that have some high end talent. Um, you look at someone like Howard Brown out of Kansas city, who for my money, I think could go to the NFL one day, just in terms of you look at athletes, you know, you can get big guys and you can get athletes at the defensive tackle position, but you don't get guys that are, you know, great people, athletes and big. And I think that that's what someone like Howard Brown brings. And I think just in general, you know, with the recruiting class, you know, this is something that is going to build. And I think you mentioned it in the first question, you know, the five-star culture, this is a, a class that I think if you plug it into the culture, that has a lot of guys that can really reach their high-end potential. Talking with Michael Swain, he covers Iowa State for 247 Sports. And, Michael, you mentioned a couple of the guys there. Uh, you also had 18 total guys signed yesterday. Who would you say the headliner is of this class? I think Tyler Merrow probably, um, a, a tackle out of Iowa. He had over 35 offers from the likes of Oregon, just about any big school um, in the Midwest. I mean, he was looked at by so many schools, and it's a really big recruiting win for Iowa State to be able to keep him from going out to one of the the bigger schools, whether it be a Stanford out west, a Duke out east. Um, He's someone that academics was a really big part of his recruitment, and he's going to study engineering at Iowa State, and I think Iowa State has a really good engineering program um, that has also a lot of football players that are studying engineering as well. I think he's probably the headliner, but I think you honestly, you look up and down kind of that top, you know, four or five. I think all those guys, you know, maybe aren't the biggest – uh, recruiting wins, if you will. You're not beating out, you know, other big schools like Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. But I think those are guys that have a lot of talent. And Iowa State did a really good job of getting some of these guys before they blew up. I think you can look at Tyler Moore, for example, someone that has just developed a ton over the last calendar year. Um, he's someone that's now a four-star that I think if maybe we push things back a year and, you know, he was where he's at now last year, he would have had a ton of more offers. And I think that's kind of the case with a lot of these guys where Iowa State was able to kind of get him to shut down that recruiting process at just the right time before things really started to blow up. Do you all expect to see any of these players take advantage of the free-year eligibility and, and maybe re- return to Ames next season? Um, y- yes, I do. Uh, Matt Campbell has been very straightforward with us in the media and has said that he's not had those conversations with the players yet. Now, I do think that within the players themselves, I'm sure that they have thought about it and I'm sure that they've talked about it with their families. But in terms of the program itself, it doesn't sound like they've had those conversations. I really think that they've tried to stay in the moment with this historic season and really try to focus on the day-to-day grind and really getting better each day and not necessarily focusing on what the future holds. And they'll get to that kind of when the season ends. But I I would anticipate, you know, out of, I think it's 17 seniors, I anticipate a handful of them coming back next year. As far as the Big 12 title game goes, uh, you know, I think, honestly, Iowa State and Oklahoma all year have seemed to be the, the best teams in the Big 12 conference, but Oklahoma looks like a totally different team than the first time these two met up. What is Iowa State going to have to do in order to uh, clinch this Big 12 championship? I think the matchup's going to be decided up front. 
I think Ronnie Perkins is someone that has really changed that Oklahoma defensive line. That group is so, so mean. They're so good. Um, and this Iowa State offensive line has been through a lot this year. I actually just finished here a few minutes ago writing a little bit of a, a preview on the offensive line versus the Oklahoma defensive line. And, man, um, that, that's where I think this game is going to be won because if Iowa State can keep Brock pretty clean, I, I think that's massive because his numbers, when he gets pressured and he gets blitzed, the numbers tend to drop um, a, a good amount. But when Brock Purdy has a clean pocket, he can read the defense, make decisions. He's a potent quarterback. And I think we've seen that over the past three games where Iowa State's been able to keep Brock Purdy clean in the pocket. And as a result, he's gone on one of the best stretches of his career where he's completing, I think it's like 76% of his passes for over 900 yards and 10 touchdowns. Like he's just been on fire as of late. And as a result, I think it's been because of the offensive line. So if Iowa State can really mitigate that Oklahoma defensive line and keep Brock pretty clean, I think Iowa State's going to have the opportunity to put up 30 points around there, 30-plus points. And then the question is, can John Haycock and the defense, you know, muster up enough to slow Lincoln Riley down to get the win? Talking with Michael Swain from Iowa State 247 Sports. Michael, the other thing I want to ask you here is, Iowa State probably made the biggest jump or, 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 or I think is the most surprising team up there in the college football playoff picture. In, in, in your mind, do, do, do they belong as a two-loss team? Are they slotted where they should be slotted in this picture right now? Oh, that's hard. Um, I, I, I don't know. Sort of. I think six might be honestly maybe a little too high, but I don't think you're going to catch Iowa State fans complaining. Um, you know, I definitely can understand why you look at the record, you look at the school, and you're like, why in the world are they there? But I think if maybe you dive a little deeper, you look at the way that they've played the last, really, honestly, since that Oklahoma State game, I really feel like that kind of was one of the changing points of this season to where, you know, after that loss, I really think they've locked in, and then halftime of that Baylor game on, they really have looked like a dominant team. And we've seen what the eye test means to this college football playoff committee just in years past. And I think that's really what Iowa State has done. You know, the Louisiana loss, not great. People will always point to that. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I think there are also some outside circumstances that contributed to that. But, you know, people don't care about that. That's not, they see the number, they see the two losses. They, it doesn't matter. So I think maybe for Iowa State, you look at what they did to West Virginia, for example. I think that's the big thing for me. You look at how they dismantled West Virginia, just dismantled them, and was able to move the ball against what was supposedly, you know, one of the best defenses, you know, in the Big 12, and yet they were able to put up 40-plus points and look really dominant in that win. I think that's maybe why they've been able to move up the rankings and stay there over teams like Cincinnati or or Florida. Um, Obviously, Florida lost to LSU, but Cincinnati hasn't played. So I think Iowa State has played. When they've played, they've looked really good as of late. I think as a result, they've just kept rising up the rankings. Let me ask you this, Michael. What do you got on your uh, What do you got on your website right now? Tell us a little bit about what's out there and what we what we can look forward to seeing if we click on that. Yeah, definitely. Of course, me and Colin Kennedy. Uh, he's one of the Oklahoma writers. I've been working all day today. We've got a three part preview series coming out. We've got part one out right now that looks at the Oklahoma offense versus the Iowa State defense. We've got a Iowa State offense versus the Oklahoma defense part coming out here pretty soon this afternoon. And then check back for tomorrow where we're going to have kind of our own personal analysis where I'll go into kind of what I think is going to happen and who ends up winning the game. Well, hey, I appreciate your time today and uh, appreciate you appreciate you jumping on with us. Best of luck. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks a lot for jumping on. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. There he goes, Michael Swain.